2: And a good morning, Eagles fans. It is a vacation summer Tuesday here on Birds 365 as we work our way to the opening of training camp. McMullen, McDonald, gonna hang with you for the next two hours talking uh, football, mostly Eagles football. A couple of national football topics I want to run by my partner here today, but uh, we'll be talking ball, as Coach Siriani likes to call it all day long. be ball, we Ended the NBA season last night. Congratulations to the Nuggets. Not baseball. Yeah, I was up till three o'clock in the morning on WIP after the Phillies lost the late one in the desert. No, the ball we're talking today is football, and I want to go to our buddy Ruben Frank to start the show today. John uh, had his uh, observation column. Uh, it usually comes out Sunday night or early Monday. This week was uh, not till Monday it was posted yesterday. And one of the topics Ruben touched on is davante stat davante smith softball maven that he is his status among wide receivers in the national football league and has davante smith already cracked the top 10 in wide receivers last year at this time after the eagles had acquired a.j uh smith we uh a.j brown uh we kicked back and forth where does a.j rank in the national football league and uh, when I had him number 11, a lot of Eagle fans lost their mind.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, they yeah.
2: thought I was a stone-cold hater. And why do you do that? You have no idea what you're talking about. I, I That's didn't not have him bad, 40- by the way. That's not bad. <laughs> right. I didn't have him 43rd. I oh, had yeah. him 11th. I yeah. said, just outside the top 10, here are the 10 guys I would take above AJ. And this is a very fluid list. It changes every single year. You're not locked into that position for five years. You have a good year. You can move up. You have a less than stellar year, injured-filled year. You drop down a little bit. Uh, so last year, when we talked about an eagle-wide receiver in the top 10, I got crushed for it. And then, oh, by the way, uh, readily admit and acknowledge A.J. Brown went out and stamped himself as a top 10 wide receiver. So let me tell you right now, if I were to put together my list for top 10 wide receivers in the National Football League, A.J. Brown would be on it. A.J. Brown would be top five, five or six is where I would rank uh, the Eagles top wide receiver right now. And Ruben asked the question is Devontae Smith, Below A.J. Brown, but still in the top ten wide receivers of the National Football League. So I took the time yesterday to do it, John, and crunch my numbers. And the answer is, yeah, he is. He's already a
5: top ten
2: wide receiver. I had him coming in at number nine, so that makes him a top ten. Last year I had a guy just outside. This this year I got a guy just inside. The Eagles have two top ten wide receivers right now. Uh, this is uh, for, sorry for all you old head Eagle fans who want to uh remember yesterday. This is easily the best wide receiver duo the Eagles have ever had in the history of their oh, franchise. yeah.
4: I said that last year. I I said, Hey, you know, I didn't say best, I said most talented. Uh, duo well, they're both that they've ever, well, this was prior before they ever played a game together be, you know, they, they hadn't done it now they have done it. Um, but it was clearly the most gifted duo, uh, very early in the process, you know, top 10, I'm probably going to get in trouble. I don't know if he's top 10. There's a lot of good receivers in the NFL. I'm not going to argue if you got him at nine or 10, he might be 11 or 12. He's in that range. He's so gifted. He's, he's such a good route runner. And that's what I look for with with great receivers because I mean when you have the app you gotta be a tremendous athlete to be an NFL receiver. Um you just have to be and 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 to be in the conversation to be top ten, that's sort of baked into it. The Tyree kills of the world, the you know, we just mentioned AJ Brown from a different perspective, the size, the physicality, the strength. Um uh, You know, whether you want to go Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, these are the best receivers in football. They're all just unreal athletes, and Devontae is as well. And, you know, the route runners, Stephon Diggs would be the guy. I mean, so many, when you talk to young receivers, they all say Diggs, 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 Such such a great route runner. Devontae's, like, reaching that level. Uh, he creates such separation. Um, he's tremendous. I can't believe I'm saying this. He's tremendously physical for 160. It's weird. I mentioned that with Mike Quick when we had him on the on the show. It's 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 weird. He's 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 long. He's not big, but he's long. He's got these giant hands. You know, I think he's going to be a top 10 receiver in the league. I don't know if I could put him there yet. I just ran down, I you know, I haven't done it like you. I just ran down a bunch of guys that I would have ahead of them six or seven right off the top of my head, which is not a lot, so Eagles fans shouldn't get upset by that. Um he's he's whether he's top 10, 11, 12, he's really really gifted and yeah it's an it's an embarrassment of riches at the top of that uh, wide receiver depth chart and then it kind of falls off from there obviously. right to the uh, coach's
2: new favorite quez watkins but we'll get back to, we'll get to Quez a little later in the show um yeah it's funny john because uh, when i put uh, aj just outside the top 11 uh, everyone who I argued that with as the season went on made sure that they jumped on my timeline on Twitter and said, hey, Jody, how's that 11th wide receiver in the league doing? Uh, are you sure you want to be nah. at number 11? And, of course, I respond and say, hey, I, I said at the time it was just temporary and you can move up and down a list like this pretty damn easy. It's funny. I never get any tweets and or calls on WIP, if the guys want to hop on and just leave a comment on our stream here, which, oh, by the way, like, share and subscribe to the channel. Um, I never get anybody going, yeah, you were right to not be worried about uh, Devonte Smith's spindly legs, because that was all the talk of camp two years ago. How can a guy like this play in the national football? A stiff wind comes by, and this guy's going to be blown up. Taking the step up to the national football, I don't know that he's going to last. Well, he did it to the tune of a Heisman Trophy in college football in the SEC. He wasn't playing Division Three college football. He's playing in the SEC. He's playing national championship games with Alabama. So everyone has to make that jump up, and everyone knows that the NFL is – more physical than college football, but the closest facsimile is the SEC. And he didn't have any problems there. I said, some guys are just that gifted. They're just that talented that they know how to avoid the big hit and the big contact. And two straight years, A.J. Brown has played in 17 games. There's been no injury issues. There's been no, he can't take a big shot type issues. He's just that good. And he stays away from guys that he stays on the field. And that is one of the reasons that I put him in my top 10 is guy plays every single snap. And as you just said, Johnny Mack, it, it it just sounds wrong when you say it, but a 176 pound, 165 pound guy is as tough as nails.
4: Yeah, he really is. He, he is. Now I'm, I'm not going to kill people for questioning his size. You know, I also, you remember I asked Mike for a a comp You know, have you ever seen anybody who's that size, be that physical, be that, and he had to go way back to Anthony Carter, which is, you know, in the eighties. I mean, it, it's come. not like it happens every, every, every year there are, there are outliers and it's starting to change. And when you see somebody like the but most, that's what I'm saying. Most 166 pound guys aren't, aren't physical. Uh, in the NFL, and he is, um, and it's it's kind of amazing to watch. I I you know, I remember seeing I remember his first practice, and I had, you know been covering the Eagles for a while now, and they were not good at receiver for the most part. The the their best receivers were you know, good NFL players, but compared to the rest of the league, I mean they had some issues at at wide receiver. Um, And we all know those issues. Um, And having gone through that and seeing Devontae Smith pretty much from day one, you you said, okay, this guy's different. This guy's different than, than what they had in the past. And then they get AJ Brown on top of it. um, And all of a sudden the position is cured, but Yeah, I mean, I I think it was fair. I'm not going to play revisionist history and criticize those people. I think it was fair to question uh, his size. And pretty much every scouting report did for for the obvious reason, Jody. You're laughing. Yeah, I'm laughing because
2: he he was the 11th pick in the draft. So how many teams really said, oh, he can't play any NFL? Well, no,
4: then you get people credit. Nobody did. That's the point. You get people credit and they're saying, all right, yeah, this guy's got these issues. Do you, if, do you think
2: if you think if the Eagles hadn't taken Devonte Attenie would have fallen through the first round?
4: I didn't say that. I said I. No, I yeah. didn't
2: say you said that, John. I asked you a question. No,
4: of course not. Okay, he, he was he he. Was, I'm saying it was legit. If you look at every one of his scouting reports, um, every single one of them brought up the size issue because it's real, but they also said he's a great player, and that's why he was drafted uh, number ten. But well, what I'm trying to say, Jody, is it's rare. It doesn't happen all the time. So when you see somebody 166 pounds and you go, well, uh, you know, I mean, you you are kind of going against the grain. We know how important traits and measurables are to, to, to NFL teams and all the analytics and they do all these studies and... Um, And you're not supposed to be what he is. But he is. And that's all credit to to Devontae Smith.
2: Credit to Devontae Smith and also to the Philadelphia Eagles. Because flying in the face of those who said just too small isn't going to be able to survive 165 pounds, legs like twigs. Oh, he can flat out play. And all you had to do was turn on the tape. And go back and watch what he did at Alabama against, yes, the most reasonable facsimile to the NFL you have. And he never got hurt there. He never took the big shot there. He never uh, paid the price for being that small there. So I guess it comes back to my stance of people over-evaluate measurables. If a guy can flat-out play, and he proved he can flat-out play, and he did it in college for three years, and he was stone called dominant – Put the measurables off to the side and go, yeah, but look at what he actually does when he plays football. What would I rather judge, a uh, a measuring stick or an actual piece of film on a guy who's played? And not just one game, an entire three-year career. Because none of them can come into the league until they've been in college football for three years. So unlike the NBA where they draft guys uh, after one year in college or put them in the, the G League and then bring them at the end. This is completely different. College football gives you the best chance to evaluate a player at a high level and be able to put the measurables aside, that there are some guys that are the exception to the rule. Generally speaking, yes, you want you want to incorporate their physicality, what they can do. But on some special occasions, you look at a player and go, Yeah, I don't care what his measurables are. I can see the guy is just a flat-out stud as a player. And the Eagles not only did that, traded back and then traded back up because they wanted the player that badly. And damn if they've been right about it.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, we talk about that year. It's always the Eagles had their eyes on four, really five players. But Kyle Pitts wasn't in the conversation. They were never going to get up to Kyle Pitts. Um you know, they wanted the two cornerbacks, um, and they went. Uh, J.C. Horn's the player they probably would have taken. Again, I don't like to play this revisionist history game because they got it right. They deserve credit because they went up. He was the last guy. He was the last guy in the group. And they were very concerned they wouldn't get him, and they wouldn't have gotten him if they didn't trade up to get him. So I give them credit for that part. But, you know, and by the way, all the other players they liked are great. Patrick Sertan, uh, JC Horn, uh, Jalen Waddle. They're all great players. Nice. So, good draft. you know, but when you're up at that top, at that point of the draft, you got better players, obviously. Um, and they deserve credit, but it's not like, you know. And and by the way, if Jalen Waddle was here, he'd be, he'd be great too. Uh, he's a great player. Um and, and Devontae would be somewhere else Would probably be a great player. Um, Sertan's probably the best of that bunch, to be honest. He is a phenomenal player. Um, J.C. Horn's a very good player. Had the one injury. but um, So, you know, it was a good draft. They got a very good player. Um, yeah, but I, I'm just not going to, you know, it, my, my only point I'm trying to make here is if you're going, all right. Devontae Smith isn't good because he won the Heisman Trophy. Devontae Smith isn't good because he was good at Alabama. Devontae Smith is good because he's good. That, that The NFL is littered with failed prospects from the SEC who produced at the highest level of college football. Just littered. Tim Tebow being the most notable, who might be the greatest college football player of all time. Of all time. Um Wasn't a good NFL player. I remember the Michael Sam discussion. Michael Sam was the co-SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Was a phenomenal pass rusher at the college level. And I bring him up because the traits were the issue. He was 6'2". He he didn't show explosion. Um, But he was a great, great college player. Wasn't a good pro player. Um, it, It happens all the time. DeBonte's, DeBonte's good because he's just special. The route running, the length, the hands, the ability to get all press coverage despite his size. Not because he won the Heisman Trophy. Not because, obviously, that contributed that. But what I'm saying is there are plenty of great players from, from Alabama, Georgia, everywhere that don't end up as great in the NFL,
2: understood. Uh, I guess my point is, it, it neither is a hundred percent. The guys with the unbelievable traits don't always turn into superstar players. They don't. There is oh, many of those no. failures, That's as the there trick. are the SEC guys who won Heisman's like Tim Tebow and didn't cut it in the NFL. It's also not hundred percent. If you have that kind of success in college, that you're going to be a. It's the combination of the two. And yes, the teams that get it right are the ones that can uh, look at both the tape and the accomplishment. and go, yeah, this guy's got both. He's checking both boxes. I, uh, uh, I don't care that he's 165 pounds. He did it. I can project he's going to do it in the National Football League. And Devontae Smith has done just that. The Eagles got that one right. Yeah, I got that one right. And uh, too, too many Eagle fans checked in with me and said, yeah, I'm worried about this guy. Uh, you didn't need to be. And it's been proven out after two years. That's just the case. John Mcbone Jody McDonald, the Mac and Mac guys here on Bridge 365. Got two good guests coming your way today. A little later from uh, the best show ever on both the Fanatic and NBC Sports Philly. Our buddy Hunter Brody's going to jump in. But next. We've got the big guys. Special Ed Kratz joins us here on Birds Three Sixty Five.
6: Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch Six ABC twenty four seven with the Six ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
7: And the big story on Action News. Search
6: Six ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit All right. Did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes. Really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right. Here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> go, to writer, go, 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 go. them Mama, go. Up, mama.
3: She did it.
4: Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
3: Uh
8: huh.
2: McDonald, your Mac and Mac guys here on Bird's 365. We got our buddy, special Ed Kratz, to jump in with us today for a solid 15, 20 minutes. Uh, Ed Kratz, were you listening when Johnny and I were wrapping up the first segment?
5: Uh, the tail end of it, I heard a little bit about Devonte Smith and uh, how the Eagles got that one right, I assume, in the draft. Are both Devontae
2: Smith and A.J. Brown already top 10 wide receivers in the league?
5: Yeah. I, I would say yes, definitely. Um, listen, they both had what AJ had almost 1,500 yards receiving and 11 touchdowns. Devonte had almost 1,200 yards and what do you have seven touchdowns? I, I mean, how can you argue with those numbers? Um, they're they're wide receiver number one, and they just happened to be on the same team.
4: Um, I'm going to give Ed a chance because I think I know your answer, Ed. But if I forced you. Uh, to pick between A.J. Brown and Devontae yeah. Smith. Who's better?
5: Well, they're going to have to make that decision, I think, some point here down the road. I mean, Devontae's due for a contract extension uh, soon here, I think, after I think 2024 he is signed through. Um, and, and then A.J.'s numbers go through the roof, salary cap hit-wise. So they may have to make that decision. If I had to pick one – I would probably take AJ Brown. Oh, wow. See, I thought you were going you to. Would say you Smitty. and I had
4: that discussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You said no, you thought at the end of last season, I believe you said you thought Devontae was better than AJ. Yeah. I said,
5: Pump the brakes, Ed Kratz. <laughs> I just think AJ is a more physical receiver. Yeah, I think, you know, he's a home run hitter from, you know, you could run a quick slant with him and he can, you know, burst up the seam and take it the distance. Um, you know, I love, but man, I love to watch Smith Devontae Smith play. I just think he's so acrobatic the way he can contort his body to make some catches and so good on the sideline at getting both feet down. And you know, he's fun to watch, but I would take probably AJ Brown over Devontae Smith.
2: The reason that you might think about taking Devontae Smith uh, for me, off the top of my head, would be two less years of wear and tear. Uh, AJ was in the league for two years before Devontae. So when push comes to shove and you got to make the call and you can only pay one umpteen millions of dollars, you might lean toward the younger of the two guys. Now, AJ's young for his uh, age. So I think there's only like a year and change in age, but two years of NFL difference on the field, that might be enough to uh, tip the scales toward uh, Devontae. Here's the good news. They don't have to make that decision for several years because they can uh, exercise that 50-year option on Devonte. So they don't. And by the make- way,
4: I wasn't even going down that route. It's an interesting discussion, but I just wanted, like, right now, who's the better receiver? Not about choosing one. Right? It's just on on this team, and they get to play off each other. They get to complement each other. Who's the better receiver? I still default to AJ. I thought you were going to say Devonte that's why i threw it at you
5: yeah um, i just the aj he, receivers just aren't built like him that you no. know there aren't many that are i mean dk metcalf has you know that that linebacker playing receiver body so i just think you know aj is just such a rare uh breed and he looks at, bigger you know, by if, the way if, if that's tremendous. possible I, no kidding he really yeah. does um yeah. But, you know, listen, I mean, A.J. and and A.J.'s had some injuries, too, in in the previous years. Jody's right. He's got a little bit more wear and tear in terms of NFL uh, life. But, uh, you know, Smith has been able to stay healthy. He's played every single game. I mean, you know, so there's something to be said for that, too. But I I would still go A.J. Well, that's
4: another thing. He was banged up last year with the toe, and he played played. through it, and he deserves credit for that. Uh, No no
5: doubt. Um, Yeah,
4: Uh, because he is a tough guy. Yeah. and, and he did play through some injuries and um that's another uh feather in his cap yeah he's been tremendous i mean you know you you remember ed how bad it was at receiver before damonte got here and then aj it was bad you know Carson had that one season where he threw for all those yards and none, but they didn't have a receiver over, what was it, 600? It was unbelievable. In this era of the NFL, they could not find receivers. And obviously, Jalen Rager would be the biggest example of the mistake. And then they finally got one in Devontae and doubled down and got AJ. And now, all of a sudden, they have this embarrassment of riches and we're complaining about the third receiver.
5: They never had a, a, a one word. <laughs> yeah, I mean Travis Fulgham. I remember how excited we were about Travis Fulgham. Ooh. I mean, we were sitting there, John, in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, press watching the him out the days. You know, it was it, us and Travis Fulgham in the stadium. Nobody was <laughs> near that's Travis. That's right. Yeah, but you know, everybody was excited about him. And there, there was a time. I mean, he was just putting up yards so quickly and in such a short period of time. We thought maybe he'll go over a thousand yards receiving and become the first receiver to do that since Jeremy Macklin in 2014. And now here we are, you know, nine years after that happened, talking about two receivers that both went over 1,000 yards. And I'll tell you what, Dallas Goddard might have had over 1,000 yards. Yeah, he would have.
4: Yeah, he would have.
5: Had he not Um, missed five games, yeah. 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 Let's hope
2: all the Eagle wide receivers stay healthy, because if they don't, then we won't say, why are we debating about the third wide receiver when we got this embarrassment of riches at number one and number two? because you're one significant injury away from having to elevate your number three to number two and your offense is set to be able to throw to these two talented guys. So yeah, I think it's a meritorious conversation to have. Apparently the coach loves him. Some uh, Quez Watkins that he stood out in shorts, the couple of days that you were there and a couple of minutes before they let you guys in. Apparently Quez looked phenomenal, and all you guys out there fretting over the fact that we are we might not have the best third wide receiver in the league, Coach Sirianni says, don't even start. Uh, Quez will take the challenge of the naysayers, like Jody McDonald, and and throw it back in your face. He's going to have that kind of season. Nick Sirianni oversell Quez Watkins to you this uh, summertime, Ed Kratz?
5: It sure seemed that way, and it and it sure seemed like it was an on-purpose overselling, too. You know, he wants to let people know that they believe in Quez and maybe, you know, letting Quez know that, yeah, we believe in you. Um, but it was funny, you know, and you guys may have talked about this, it was an hour after Nick Sirianni praises Quez Watkins, we're let inside the building. It was an indoor practice, their final OTA because of the, the air quality last week, uh, and Quez drops a pass, you mm-hmm. know. Man. Right in front of us, yeah. Uh, on a double move, I think it was. Great
4: throw, too. Uh, great
5: throw from Hertz. It hit him right in the hands, and he just dropped it. So, yeah, uh, you know that left you scratching your head a little bit. Like, really, this is the guy that had the best spring of anybody else. I mean, I just. I know, and it's a short window, right? You know, maybe he caught everything else that was thrown his way in the times that we weren't there. You
4: never know. We only got to see a hundred minutes uh, in in the spring, Ed. So you never know. But you know, I, I I wrote about Quez and I wrote about Trey Sermon as well, and I I've often brought up the Mac McKeans of the world, the Tay Gowans, the Kerry Vinsons. You know, Nick's always going to talk up his guys. We know Nick at this point; he's never going to criticize anybody he's always going to talk up his guys so where do you find that demarcation line where he's being honest and he's just you know but I I bring up Trey Sermon he keeps bringing him up unprompted is there something to that like why is he talking why is he prompting, prompting up Trey Sermon He and he's doing it that's the second time he's done it completely
5: unprompted um yeah. He, you know, Do you make he makes something of that. I, I think he did it last year too. When, you know, he was asked about Trey, he, he wasn't asked about Trey Sermon and he brought him up and he said, you know, we have another third round pick on our team that we didn't even have that we didn't draft it, you know, and that's the third round pick from the 49ers and he said the same thing about Ian book, I think who was a fourth round uh, or maybe it was Janarius Robinson. He, he was praising Robinson and Sermon, for being former draft picks. And he said, we have an extra third and an extra fourth on our team this year that we didn't even draft, but other teams did. So, you know, he likes Trey Sermon. There's there's no doubt. And we saw him in a very small window last year. I think it was against the Vikings, maybe. Uh, I think it was the Jackson. Jaguars. Jaguars, yeah. Jackson- Jaguars. yeah two yeah. carries, 19 yards, something like yeah. that. I mean, he showed some good burst. And he's a – you talk about A.J. Brown being a big guy. Trey Sermon's got some pretty good size to him as well. Um, you know, listen, the way Rashad Penny struggles to stay healthy, uh, you know, Trey Sermon could have a role in this team. I mean, Boston Scott, I know everybody loves him against the Giants, but he might be one of those veterans that's really battling for a spot here. Uh, you know, I know he's the leader in the room, and you wrote about Boston Scott, you know, but you know, he's one of those veteran guys, I think, who could be fighting for a roster spot, depending on how Trey Sermon does this summer. And Nick, Nick, I think does really like Trey Sermon. I don't think that's him just piling on like maybe he does with Quez Watkins. I think he really does want to see what Trey Sermon can do this year. All
2: right. So uh, since we're talking about the Eagles and their passing game, I'll get your take on this. If we talked about this with with you before, and I apologize. I know John and I have talked about it. plenty. Eagles wide receivers, uh, Eagles running back receptions that they've added uh, DeAndre Swift, who's been very good catching ball out of backfield for Detroit the last couple of years. People projecting Kenny Gainwell to be more of a factor, and that's a strength of his. But the Eagles just didn't throw it to the backs uh, coming out of the backfield last year. That's not a key play for them, and when it comes to a – everybody's covered Quarterback's got to find a an outlet type play jalen hurts turns it upfield and makes plays with his legs he doesn't dump it off to the running back just to get the ball out of his hands and not get sacked do you think we see a significant addition to the eagles this year the passing game to the running backs this season will brian johnson have anything to do with that if that's the case
5: I do. I, I really do. I think, you know, you. DeAndre Smith can catch 40 passes in this offense. Um, and, and I think, you know, Jalen Hurts will have the confidence in throwing him the ball rather than trying to make plays with his legs. I know when he signed his contract hurts that Sirianni said that, you know, Hey, I, we didn't pay him more money to do less, but I could see them saying to him, Hey, you know, use your running backs. Don't take off all the time with your legs. Let, let your running backs catch the ball. We brought you a a running back who one of his fortes and strengths is catching the football out of the backfield. And that's Deandre Swift. Um, So throw the ball to him, you know, don't put yourself in any harm's way. I mean, listen, Jalen hurts to me, has to play all 17 games this year. He hasn't been able to do that since he was a starter. And I would like to see him do that. And you can debate the manner in which he got hurt the last two years, but the bottom line is, is, when you're taking off and you're carrying the ball, you're, you're opening yourself up to the possibility that you may get hurt. I mean, we saw him take that shot in Chicago when he ran the ball and get thrown down on his shoulder. You know, the Eagles kind of dodged a bullet there and let in the fact that he was able to return as quickly as he did. Um, you don't want that, and now you have a running back and DeAndre Swift who can catch the ball out of the backfield, who has a history of doing that. So yeah, Jaylen, throw the ball to DeAndre Swift in the flat more than you've done in recent years. I don't think he ever had the confidence to do that with Miles Sanders. I'm not sure Kenny Gainwell inspired that same kind of confidence, and Boston Scott just didn't log that you know that high number of snaps to develop any sort of chemistry. But I think DeAndre Swift is going to be running back number one on this team. And he's going to get his share of receptions and, and targets because I think Hertz needs to do that in order to show that he can play 17 games in a season.
4: Yeah. One of the interesting things about uh, our, our our little time at OTAZ was uh, the bubble screens, which drive me insane, but uh, they were throwing them to DeAndre and Kenny Gainwell more than, say, Quez Watkins, um, um, I think that could be uh, uh, because those those guys can catch the football, unlike Miles, who couldn't do it consistently. And when you talk about those bubble screens, you need to make that first guy miss or break that first tackle. And running backs can do that, so better than receivers, obviously. So when you have a running back who can catch the football – I think there, what I'm trying to say is I think there might be more designed plays to the running backs when you talk about those smoke screens, bubble screens, hitches, whatever you want to call them. But when when it's breaking down, I I think Jalen's Jalen, man. Just tuck it and go. And yeah. by the way, I applaud him. I, mean, you know, I think that's the way to go because he's going to get more than dumping it off to the running back. But I think they might up the like I'd rather have DeAndre Swift running that smokescreen than than plus Watkins. I I think that makes sense.
5: Yeah, sure. But I, I would like to see, yeah, I could see them doing more to the design stuff. But again, it's an offense that goes through AJ Devontae, and Dallas. And um, you know, you maybe incorporate Swift in there on those bubble screens and Kenny Gainwell, but I would like to see more off scripted stuff where if the pressure breaks down, cause we know that Smith and Brown can get open if given, you know, amount of a good amount of time to uh, get them the football. But if, if the protection breaks down or they, you know, you're getting blitzed and you're under pressure, I, I would like to see a running back just leak into the flat and just toss it to him and let, let's see what he can do. I mean, that, that's what you're paying these, these other pieces for. Um, and I'd like to see more of that off, off scripted stuff, uh, to guys like Swift and, and, you know, maybe Kenny Gainwell, if he can play his role into, you know, play his way into, you know, having the coach's confidence, um, but Swift for sure, uh, can catch the football. And, and I wonder if Penny can too. I think, you know, when you look at Penny, boy, he's a, he's a load. He's just a big, well put together guy. <laughs> But I, you know, I'm not sure he has a history of catching a ball like Swift does. But I just no, like he does. some off-scripted yeah. stuff from Hertz to Swift yeah. when when a, when a play breaks down quickly.
2: Eddie, this is something that John and I have been kicking around. Need your take on it. Uh, when the Eagles actually begin to practice this summer was not practice. It was activities and it was shortened activities and it was less than eleven eleven on the field activities. And that's the way everybody does it in the NFL. Eagles just do it for less amount of time, but at some point they're going to have actual practices and they're going to have the uh, joint practices with the two teams coming in here to Philadelphia this year, Cleveland and, and Indianapolis. When that happens and they tell Jason Kelsey, listen, you, you've you got veteran downtime. Yeah, we, We're not going to expect you to be out there. You're going to get to stand on the sidelines. And they've been doing that certainly Uh, since the Doug Peterson era into the Nick Sirianni era. They uh, give their veteran guys a little bit more downtime than everybody else. When Kelsey's not out there, who's going to be playing center?
5: That's a good question. Uh, Kelsey wasn't at the last OTA we saw. And um, who was getting his reps? I saw Julian Good getting some reps there. Julian
4: Good-Jones. Now Cam was with the first team at center. That's that's
5: the the interesting
4: point. So – yeah, but which off to I the side, off the side, it was yeah. Ju-
5: when they were doing just kind of their technique work or their never yeah. before they got together for seven on seven. It was Cam was at the right guard, and Julian Good Jones was at center. So, yeah. listen, if Cam wins that right guard job, which he which he might, um, I know Tyler Steen played right guard during those seven on sevens. But if Cam wins that right guard job, you, you're going to have to find a center. I don't think you want to switch centers. Or, you know, switch two positions should something happen to Jason yeah, during the game. Uh, it, it is interesting, but obviously the Eagles haven't had to worry about it. The guy's made 140 plus starts in a row, and but he has been nicked up a couple times in game. Um, so yeah, who do you bring in? Is it going to be Cameron Tom, uh, or Julian? Don't Guggenre? forget Brett
4: Toth either. Brett Toth, Brett uh, Toth
5: possibly. Center. Um, I haven't seen him get any work at center, but uh, you know, it could be somebody like Julian Good-Jones. Suo Peta, we know it won't be him, right? He's no. just a guard. But maybe you flip Jurgens to center and bring in Suo at right guard. And I, well, I just...
4: in theory, it would be Jergens to center, Tyler Steen at right guard. That's true. That's right. Um, yeah, that's true. But, but here, here's uh, – now, Kelsey's going to play, you know, he, uh, he just does. If his arms hanging off, his legs hanging off, he's going to play. <laughs> um, my my interesting point of seeing Cam move over when Jason wasn't there. And again, this is all individual work. You know, when they're doing those um, combo blocks with, with Stoutland before practice, because they're not doing team drills. Right. Uh, it was Cam. It was Cam Jergens at center. It was Tyler Steen at right guard. Now, Jason, and what I think Jody was getting at, Jason's going to get a bunch of maintenance days at camp. Um, In theory, you'd want to get Cam Jurgens as much work at at right guard as possible to get him ready to play right guard. And you got plenty of placeholders, as you mentioned. Uh, You even brought up Julian Good-Jones, but you have Cameron Tom, you have Brett Toth, you have uh, Julian. They can all play center. You don't really need an effective center if, for practice, let's be honest. So if they keep if they keep moving Cam back in the center and let Tyler Steen have the first team reps at right guard during those maintenance days, what does that tell you? Does that tell you they have confidence in Cam Jurgens, or does it tell you that they want to look at Tyler Steen? <clears throat>
5: um well, I guess I guess you could also throw in there. Do they have confidence in anybody else to play center after Kelsey and Juergens? You Could say that, and maybe that's more the case. But yeah, I think Tyler Steen. They want to develop Tyler Steen. They're pretty high on Tyler Steen, and uh, I, I guess it could be a couple different things if if you're looking at it that way. Um, I don't like it though. I don't I don't like messing with the position, the center position. Um, I, I think you probably stay with cam jurgens at right guard if you're getting ready for a team in season and kelsey's not there i think you keep cam right at right guard wow I, I really do and and you bring in whoever your backup is going to be whichever player you're confident in being well in
4: typically stout says that he doesn't like to move multiple right. positions right. um uh, but boy yeah i hadn't even thought of that that's interesting that you bring that up at, yeah uh, because i just kind of thought well cam will go play center but yeah, well,
5: yeah then then you're, then by you're Jody. Affected. i mean that was a good, that's a good point i mean and that's something that we should really look at is you're right when kelsey gets these maintenance days and even during training camp they give maintenance days yeah oh yeah a Who's bunch of be them. out there for team drills at center um, yeah it's that's and- something- I'll mark down as something to watch going into camp. Good good work there. It's, fun,
2: yeah. it's funny because you're right. Uh Stoutland is on the record as saying he'd preferred not to make a move that makes him make multiple moves. So you got to change two positions. Uh we, we've all heard him say that. Nick goes a different direction. Nick likes to brag on cross-training. Oh, we cross-trained him here. We cross-trained him there. Well, if you're going to just put a guy in a position and then leave him there, and if he gets hurt, you're going to replace him. You're not going to move one guy to fill another slot, whatever. Well, then why do you need all the cross-training? <sighs> kind of uh, they're at odds with each other. Stoutland stance on, no, we're, we're not going to be moving the whole offensive line around just to replace one guy. But Nick's bragging on, oh, well, we cross train everybody everywhere. Hey, they all play. Plug and play. Put them in wherever we want.
4: Well, remember, I mean, to be fair to Nick, I mean, things change. When you have 90 guys, nothing matters, right? You have a backup center, a backup left guard, a backup right guard, a backup right tackle, backup left tackle. But then you got to get down to 53, and it's 46 on game day, and all of a sudden you can only have eight offensive linemen, and if the, the crap hits the fan, you know, a center might have to play guard, a guard might have to play center, a tackle might have to play guard. That's why it's good to have somebody like Jack Driscoll Isaac was phenomenal at it before he took over. He could play anywhere. Um, Jack Driscoll can play everywhere but center. It's important to have those guys because you you can't dress everybody on game day. That's why it's important to have that cross training. But it's easy in training camp to just say, oh, I got to back up everything. Um, Especially this year. There's no cut, so you're going to have 90 guys right up until you have 53. I don't think that's good for the NFL. By the way, I think that's a bad rule. Uh, they they eliminated all the cuts. They've been doing it incrementally. It used to it used to be 90 to 75, and then 75 to 53. Then it was 90 to 85, and it, it, it now it's just one big cut. And you know, I, I don't think that's a good thing from the strategy perspective of cross-training on the offensive line. You can say, well, Julian Good-Jones, you brought up it. You can play him at center. He's probably not going to be there on the 53. He's certainly not going to be on the
5: 46. Um, then what do you do? Yeah. yeah, and you're not doing a favor to any of those guys that are getting cut You know, after spending all summer with the same team. Yeah. Um, you're not doing them any favors to go find them yeah. either. Yeah. Uh, but but I don't think teams will wait. I don't think a team like the Eagles will wait until the last day to cut, you know, whatever it is, uh, 40 guys off their team. Um, I, I think they'll still probably do it a little bit more incrementally and keep guys at positions where they're going to need some depth going into the last re- uh, preseason game. Um, but I, I, I don't think they'll just, you know, do it all in one wave, I think, the Eagles will release guys as the summer goes on.
2: Yeah, I disagree with you there, right? I think the Eagles will keep the 90 for as long as they can keep mm-hmm. the 90, because if there's anything that the Eagles do, they try and win in the margins. They try and win on the small things, the little things, and they're very good at it. As a matter of fact, Harry Roseman at all have been very good at doing just that why would you give another team a chance to get in somebody's ear? Especially if you like a player and you think he can be a practice squad guy for you. You want to keep him as long as possible so that other teams aren't talking to him and his agent. You want to, we'll keep you. We want you on the practice squad. We just ran out of spots.
4: Well, yeah, think- plus they don't want anybody playing, any of the regulars playing in
5: preseason games. I mean, they want you know,
4: they yeah. want the backups for preseason games. They've Maybe. proven that.
5: Maybe. There's, there's still like five to ten guys you can just, take after the first week of summer and say, okay, he's not, he's not. Well, I think it's one of those things. Like if somebody gets
4: hurt and you, you, you waived them injured, you you know, injury settlement and you're down to like 88, I don't think they'll go back up to 90 and, 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 you know, late in camp just to get to 90. But I think they're going to keep all their healthy guys. Yeah. Until they cut to 53 because that third preseason game, you left miami uh Ed. i i stayed there for that god awful game you remember that game uh they didn't play anybody and the dolphins remember they canceled day 2 um because of the virus or whatever was going through the their training facility nice training facility by the way oh yeah um uh they they played some guys and they destroyed the eagles uh who played nobody um and it doesn't matter, but they, the Eagles don't want to play any of their key guys in the preseason. Any um, week one, week two, or week three—that's why they've had the joint practices. They want—they want to get their starters work um, in practice and say, "All right, I don't want to call them crash test dummies, but uh, they're—they're—they're—you know—they want those guys who aren't going to be part of the team taking
5: the hits on in the game." Yeah, there are more controlled environments with the practices with yeah. the other teams. Yeah. You can control how things go. So yeah, it's a it's a better situation for the starters. And yeah.
2: the one practice that they did get against, get in against the Dolphins, the Dolphins dominated them. And then as John pointed out with the game, oh yeah, the Dolphins kept a couple of their regulars in to get a little action in that last preseason game. And then they started to incorporate their subs. The Eagles had the subs in it. The Dolphins 1s beat the Eagles 2s and 3s. The Dolphins 2s beat the Eagles 3s and 4s. Then the Dolphins 4s beat the Eagles 4s. They just beat them all game long. Didn't matter who the Eagles had out there on the field. Dolphins moved the ball up and down against them. That kind of sucked me into believing that the Dolphins could actually make the Super Bowl. Um, All right, Ed, so I'm going to give you a chance to hold hands with your buddy, John McMullen, and sing kumbaya, did the Eagles screw you and McMullen? (laughs)
8: <laughs> always but
2: one practice the eagles will have open to the public is on sunday they usually do it on sunday at 7 p.m johnny mack likes one o'clock he doesn't like that, he doesn't that, like that. four o'clock he doesn't like seven o'clock he likes one o'clock action and the eagles one practice open to the public is going to start at seven p did they just tell you guys shut up and show up? It's always
4: at night, isn't it? Yeah, it's always no, at night. yeah. The open practice at the link, yeah.
2: No, oh, they had that daytime practice. It's much I, think, more
5: often. I think seven's a little later than it normally is. I think it's even if it's been a maybe six, maybe they're just getting ready, getting us ready for the regular season. I mean, what do the Eagles have like four one o'clock games out of their 17? Yeah, year? they don't have
4: many, they,
5: they don't have, have many. many, and you know fortunately we don't really have deadlines you know in the in the uh, dot-com world yeah. uh it's not no, like the yeah, not the old days, days yeah. where, where you kind of had to write your running and nobody cared about it and uh but so yeah i mean listen i i don't like being up that late anymore um but this is home really- from
2: you get home from the the link and uh have a nice little post midnight snack is that what you're telling us, that? Have a- Nice meal after an Eagles seven o'clock <laughs> preseason practice game. Is you that know, the meal?
4: they will do? They will do all the media availability before, um, yeah. before the practice, um, right? And now the problem with those open practices, the players have to stay a little bit. They usually have military day. They might do it at the Novantair complex where they give the jerseys to military people, but they sign autographs. Um, so you get them a little bit on the field I remember talking to Joe Douglas uh, your guy now Jody for a long time on the field after one of those practices it was at night but they've had some um, it, 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 they've had some they used to have two open practices now they've right, done, now they've done down it just their, one just yeah. one yeah. Um, yeah it stinks though everything yeah. at night stinks no yeah. question but it's part of part of it Stinks, yeah. Everything at one o'clock. No reporter who has been around for more than what do you say, Ed? Two years is going to say, Oh, no, give me a night game. No, one o'clock. That's what we want,
5: (laughs) yeah. Because let's
2: let you get out on Saturday. If 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 you were 20 something, John, you get out on Saturday night, you don't have to worry about being up if you got a seven o'clock game the next day. Uh, part, part of it has to do with our age. Yeah, we like the early because. Well, I uh, said
4: that's been around for a while. That's been around.
5: Yeah. Yeah. One o'clock. yeah. I mean, it's nice they give us pregame or, you know, pre practice availability for those, uh, you know, for those open practices because you're right. Then we we'll don't have to stick around afterward yeah. um, to go in the locker room or go to the press conferences. So, you know, that that's the one good thing. But yeah, get get make sure you're practiced with your naps this year. Uh, because, you know, a lot of late-night action. No. Naps
4: only, I always stick it up. I stay up throughout, man. Naps only make you more tired. I found that out. No naps.
2: Eddie, last thing, and John and I talked about this yesterday and last week, and I know I annoy Hugo fans when I bring it up, but it's, it's a legit concern. How much oversight should, will, The Philadelphia Eagles have over Jalen Carter over the next month, because there's a reason that they got Jalen Carter at number nine, because he had off field issues and there should be. And there were for some other teams concerns enough that they decided to pass on arguably the most talented player in the draft. Uh, Call ins, zooms, private eyes. How far are the Eagles going to make sure Jalen Carter doesn't get himself in trouble during this? Is it's,
4: it's, it's Jalen Carter like on the FBI's 10 most wanted list? I mean, he should he be on a, the Eagles 10 most wanted list. He, 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 he he's a 22 year old kid. who is a little bit immature. Sounds like me when I was 22. <laughs> Now, yeah, I didn't and make those. John, games.
2: I'm guessing your first job didn't get you paid the kind of money to do. No, it Carter did not. Play. Oh, okay.
4: Uh, I, I worked many years before I got you, to Jalen you, Whoever
2: hired you at yeah. age 22 wasn't yeah. nearly as invested not in quite. you as the Eagles are in Jalen Carter.
5: Not yeah. quite. Yeah. I know Jalen Carter, you know, he gets all the publicity about this. But there, I'm sure there are other players on this team that Dom DeSandro... And his staff have to kind of keep tabs on to make sure they're doing the right things. I'm not sure who they are, but I I know for a fact Dom is a pretty busy guy uh, when they go on road trips, um, uh, things of that nature. So, yeah, I'm sure that there are plenty of check ins with several players, maybe all the players, except for, you know, maybe there's a handful you can absolutely trust. But, yeah, I'm sure there's it's not just Jalen Carter. Uh, there are other players that are doing check-ins. I'm sure uh, teammates are doing check-ins on, on their friends. You know, Jalen Carter's got plenty of friends now in that Eagles locker room from his Georgia days. So, you know, I'm sure there's a pretty strong network uh, that is in place that's keeping tabs, not just on Jalen, but, but every player. You know, you're talking about young players that are given a lot of money. Uh, and they're at different maturity levels, so yeah, there are check ins with more than just Jalen Carter, I can guarantee you that. You the... know what, I'm
4: worried about? Uh,
5: the only thing
4: I'm worried about, uh, and it's not involving Jalen Carter, it's involving any everybody to be honest. Um, gambling that's what I'm worried about these damn apps because this is a stupid policy from a stupid league. Um, and you know the Calvin Ridley story. Calvin Ridley'd be an Eagle, uh, probably if yeah. if uh, he didn't take out his app. Um, and AJ Brown wouldn't be an Eagle, yeah. If Calvin Ridley, which is probably not a good thing, but nonetheless, um, it worked out for the Eagles in the end. But I don't know, man. You know these six things: don't play Bandit Daily Fantasy Football. Don't 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 take out the app when you're at a team hotel. Now they educate the guys. Nick Sirianni talked about this a little bit, Ed, but I mean, I I don't know. This is a big ball of nothing. Why can't the league use some common sense here? Look, it it, it was the same thing with marijuana for years until they leaned um, um, lightened up on that. Um, if somebody has a problem, you, you you identify it and you deal with it. If somebody takes out an app and makes a mistake, they shouldn't lose six games. They shouldn't lose half a season. Um, You should warn them, maybe even bind them. Um, And this is more. This is the players' union as well. And they should be. I was going to
2: say, this is collectively bargained here. Yeah. And this wasn't the NFL just magically made up these punishments. Yeah. But collectively bargained it with the union.
4: But, you know, it's not closed. You can always open up these negotiations and they could uh, put an addendum and both sides should recognize this is stupid and this is hurting our league. Jameson Williams in Detroit, perfect example. You know, that's a good player, a good young player uh, who's suspended for what, Jody? Six games? Six what games, is it? yeah. Six games. That's dumb. That's dumb. Now, if you find him, and you warn him, and you say, hey, dude, you can't do this, and he does it again, all right, no problem. Um, I I just think there's no common sense to this, and I think that's going to be a big story around the league because there's going to be some big players um, gone and hopefully not in Philadelphia.
5: Yeah, I, listen, I, I think – they need to come out strong against this. I mean, this is going to be a problem and you got to shut it down. You can't, you know, give warnings or slap on the wrist. I, I, I'm a, I, I, I think oppositely. I think that they have to come down as hard as they can because this is an issue that's out of the barn now. You don't know how deep it runs into the college game. Maybe college guys are doing this.
0: Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards at- as we know it, if you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify.
5: To two swipes of the phone is all it takes to make a, a bet. And uh, you can't be betting on your league, I don't think, or especially on your own team. I just don't, you know, I just don't think that's a good look at all. And I think you have to come out strong against guys that do it. And then maybe you back off as it goes on, but you have to send the message early on this. And I think that's kind of the point of it is, you know, we don't want this to get any more out of control than it already is or will become. So, yeah, I think you come down strong. And then just like they did with marijuana you know, once it becomes a little bit more accepted and now it's legal in so many states, then you kind of back off a little bit on the suspension. And maybe that's what's going to happen with gambling is you come out and you hit them hard, send the message early. And then maybe as, you know, time goes on, you come back a little bit and put that addendum in. Yeah, I'm dead in the middle of you two guys.
2: John makes it sound like way too harsh and over the top. You're saying, no, 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 as harsh as possible. That'll send the message. I'm in the middle. Do I think it's a little bit harsh? Some of these suspensions? Yeah, I do. Do I think they need to stick to what they already have in place? Like you said, yeah, I do, Ed. And I'll tell you one guy who absolutely wants it to stay exactly as it is, Roger Goodell. Because anytime there's subjectivity to fines, Goodell gets freaking crushed. The football fans jump, oh, he's against us. Roger Goodell's an idiot. How did they put No, he loves mandatory uh, punishments because then he just throws up his hand and goes, hey, we collectively he bargained it. Don't look at me. This was something that was agreed to by absolutely everybody. So don't point your finger at me. I'm just reading you the rules as everyone signed off on and agreed to. So, yeah, until they get to the next collective bargaining agreement, they're not going to revisit this, John. It's not happening. It's in place. It's going to be what it's going to be.
4: I think, man, there's there's no room for common sense in society. Look, I think Ed is 100% correct. You know, the kid on Indianapolis that's betting on the Colts yeah I mean come on use your head that's you know suspend that kid um now if you're betting five bucks on an NBA game in a team hotel why can't you say hey stupid don't do that first and and then if it continues to be a problem okay um you know pile on um but you know Calvin Ridley, to use him as an example, I mean, he's betting on other sports. He's, he had no idea. The educate, that's another thing. You can blame, I we have no access to the education. And some of these players say, you know, we got a memo, we got this, we got that. We didn't even have a meeting. Um, you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. I think it's a disaster waiting to happen because I guarantee there's a hell of a lot more than six players or whatever it is now that are bet on these apps and maybe not NFL games, but NBA games, baseball, whatever. Um, It's so easy to do. I think you're, you're going down a path and, and then it starts to Jody's point, but in a different way, then it starts saying one team is saying I lost Jamison Williams. This guy did this, this guy did right. that and it, it, it's a it's a nightmare that could unfold.
2: You, you yeah. don't uh, I know Roddy Goodell doesn't want it and I don't think the team should want it either. If if you right if everybody could calmer heads could prevail and they could all sit down and outside of collective bargaining agreement rewrite it and reagree to it and maybe back it off a little bit that's good. If I'm the NFL, I'm going, no, we'll get back to this when the collective bargaining agreement runs out. We're, we're not opening up a renegotiation here. If you're the players and you think they'd back off a little bit, yeah, you'd want that. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. They're going to they're gonna stick by the rules that they have right now. I'm with you, John. I hope they continue the education and everybody. Uh, Florio had a post today about the agents not being educated that the, the players get in directly and the agents would like to be involved because they could uh, keep an arena over there, the players that they represent. Well, shame on the NFL for that if they haven't kept, kept the agents enough in the loop. But it, it's not going anywhere. It's going to be a story that Ed Kratz is going to be able to write about, John McMahon's going to be able to write about, and we'll be talking about it here on Birds 365. EK, always a pleasure, bud. Appreciate you jumping in. We'll get you back up in a couple weeks.
5: All right, guys. Thanks. Have a great one. Thanks. Ed, Ed
2: Kratz on vacay. Yeah. SI.com
4: backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Gotta always. Get that in. Always good to get
2: uh, Ed on. And uh, certainly he's he's the kind of guy because he's McMullen's buddy that we can go. Yeah, no, you're on vacation, but yeah, we need you for 30 minutes on Birds 365.
4: Yeah, we it's, kept sorry. him late too. Oh well. Let,
2: let, what let me get do? the computer up and running for you guys. All right, McDonald McMullen coming back. We got hour number two of Birds 365 coming your way.
7: C-L-E-S, Eagles.
2: Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365 with the Mac Mac guys. Please like, share, subscribe the channel. We, we could use your help. Uh, those who have logged in, thank you very much. Uh, a little less than we usually do. And I think there's a reason for that, John. <clears throat> Let me make a promise to our streamers on there right now. And this is a note to you. This is a note to Hunter Brody, who will be joining us coming up in just a couple. Always love talking to Hunter from the best show ever. Um, We're not going to keep him near as long as we kept Ed Kratz for a very specific reason. I plan on wrapping up today's show at the latest, John, by 9.58. We're going to get out before the two-hour window because I'm guessing we got a whole bunch of people right now streamed in that not only have the window to Jacob uh, Media YouTube channel, but also uh, the entree to Ticketmaster. Because um, some 50-some-odd minutes from now, Eagles' single-game tickets go on sale. And we know you're not watching on your phone or wherever else standing in line down at of Financial Field right now because they are not selling tickets. There is no such thing as a ticket to an Eagle game anymore. All it is is a pass on your phone. And that's how you will purchase Eagles tickets Day, If you're going to do so, I get it. It's for convenience. It's a paper They're a green world in which we live, blah, blah, blah. I'm old school. I just love the feel of a ticket in my hand, but that is a ship that has sailed. So good luck to any of you Eagle fans who are listening to us. going to be jumping online to try and get tickets for an upcoming game. It starts at 10 o'clock. And if you've got a way to get around Ticketmaster, get to the head of the list, more power to you. We will wrap this puppy up before 10 o'clock so you can go immediately to Ticketmaster and get your Eagle tickets for this upcoming uh, season. (laughs)
4: Yeah and you better get in the queue man uh, cuz it's going to be quick as it always is uh for uh you know very passionate fan base so uh the we were just talking about the uh night practice too that's going to be on sale as well so uh make sure you that that's 10 bucks That's for charity Eagles Autism Foundation so the only open practice, they do let some fans into the NovaCare Complex, season ticket holders, sponsors, um, things like that. But um, it's not like it used to be when you can go out to Westchester or Lehigh and uh, watch the old ball team. Not not like the old days. No, it's
2: not even close. Um You're not, if we wrap this up by 58, you're not hopping on ticket master. We know you're going to be at all the games. You're going to have a pass. They don't task you to get tickets for friends and families. Ah, yeah. You know, you know how
4: many times uh, people ask me, they find out uh, what I do and they say, Hell, could you get me tickets? I'm like, I've never gotten a ticket in my life. I I wouldn't know how to get a ticket. Um, Yeah, no. Uh no, yeah but yeah I get asked all the time I'm sure you have you always um, have for years um, yeah I've never gotten a ticket in 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 my adult life uh since I got in this industry um and it was shoot at least
2: 12 years ago 13 years ago um I got an email maybe i was an email I don't even know how it came but it was a invitation to join the waiting list for Philadelphia Eagle season tickets. <laughs> and I said, you know what? What the hell? Yeah. Put my, as you had to give your email address and certain information just to be put on the waiting list. And every, I'd say three times a year, every four months, certainly timed out by the calendar of the, the National Football League schedule, I would get an email that said, Mr. McDonald, you are now number. 8,642 on the Eagles waiting list. Uh, we appreciate your support. Here's uh, things you can do, things you can do, the Eagle charities and everything else. So it was an informational way for them to get your email address and give you more information. But they dangled that carrot of you're on the Eagle season ticket holding waiting list. And you see it go down by like twenty every four months. And, oh shoot! Only nine thousand more to go. And at some point, if you don't participate, you don't get back to them. You know, get to the charity or whatever else. You just disappear. Those emails stop coming to me. But I was on that list. I got eagle emails. Had to.
4: Be- I've never. I've never been on a list where I've gotten email. I I get you know the releases about you know they're going to start selling tickets because they. To publicize it, but um, I've never been on that particular list. Um, you know, Green Bay is famous. I mean, people there—you know—will their tickets uh, to their family members um, uh, when they pass away. So, I mean, yeah, there's and the Eagles are. Some of these new teams, like Dallas, you know, they're so big. I don't think you have to worry about it. Um, but yeah, here. Um, I don't know how many single tickets they sell, but it ain't much.
2: Right. That, that was going to be my next I'm question. To you if you knew off the top of your head, how many are actually going to become available today?
4: I, I don't think, you know, I, I, I'll ask, but, uh, I, you know, I don't know when they cut off the, the season tickets, but, uh, it's a big number. Um, and they specifically hold a few back for right. individuals. So but, they can um,
2: entice people.
4: Yeah. Um it's it's not a lot though. No doubt about that. The All right, quickie quiz is...
2: off the top of your head. What is capacity of Lincoln financial field for the Eagles?
4: It's like 67-ish, I think. Very
2: good, JM. 50, uh 675. Yeah. And I guarantee you coming into this year, if they wanted to, they could have sold about ninety thousand season tickets uh, that people would have lined up to get them and they would have zero single game tickets available but you're right they they hold some back because they want the interest they want jody mcdonald john mcmahon talking about it on birds 365 hey tickets are available today so you can can get you gotta be on Ticketmaster at nine o'clock jump right in i hope you've got the uh, queue figured out just right yeah they want that that's smart business and the eagles are as smart as anybody else in the national football league but uh, good luck because there aren't that many up to grab because they, they do sell mostly season tickets. You figure 5% max for regular tickets to be had today, John. So, yeah, I mean, if
4: it, it, you know, it's 67 ish, as I said, uh, I, I can't imagine, you know, they probably cut it off at 60 would be my guess and they keep seven. Um, And that'd be about it would be that's just a pure guess.
5: And
2: my my guess would be even less than that, that the actual single game tickets are less than that, because there are other ways you can get your hands on ticket. Well, there's the whole secondary market for sure. But other teams get X amount of tickets that they return and then become available day of and the like. So there are ways you can get into the stadium.
4: Easiest way is be a season. Well, that's something that, that literally surprised me. You know, NFL players have to buy their own tickets. Oh yeah, I I that uh, I've known it for years. But when I I I've known it, when I found out about, it, I was stunned. I I figured they'd give them a couple, you know, maybe maybe give them two, three per family, and then say, all right, if you need more, um, yeah, I was stunned by that. I was stunned by that. I shouldn't be, but I was.
2: NFL starting. owners wringing every possible dime out of their nah. potential profit. You should not be surprised by that a little bit, Johnny Mac. That's what the NFL owners do. And yeah, uh, but and not everybody uses them. Uh, they have them, they put aside. Uh, but if the players say no pass, don't need me today, won't be writing a check for any of them or giving you my debit card for any tickets Yeah, they become available to John and. Usually they're pretty good seats. As a matter of fact, they do. At least they don't put the players and their families and their wives up in the uh, upper tier. They're usually pretty good seats down on the first level. So that's just another way you can try and get into an Eagle game this year. All right. Here's one of the questions I'm going to ask Hunter Brody when he comes back. And I'll ask John McMullen as well. Since single game tickets are going on sale today. What's the biggest game at Lincoln Financial Field this year? Two come to mind. <clears throat> Major competition in the NFC. One's a little bit more of a rival than the other, but one might have become a rival after the way they handled their uh, loss in the NFC Championship game last year. Sour grapes about they would have won if uh, their quarterback had stayed healthy. Don't say would, say could. Uh, we'll run that by Hunter Brody and uh, get Johnny Mack on the record on that one. Next, here on Birds Three Sixty Five.
6: Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
7: For the big story on action news. Search 6ABC
6: Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to letter, Go to look. God, thank mama. mama go. Oh, mama!
3: She did it.
8: Again. You can't avoid
4: gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
3: Uh huh.
2: Summer Vacation Tuesday for 365 edition with, with Mac and Mac. We're lucky, lucky enough to have Hunter Brody from, from the best, best show ever on, ever on, on both the Fanatic and NBC Sports. Sports Philly join us. Hunter, I don't, I don't know, know, if, you know if, if you heard the, the tease that I used right before we went to break. We're, we're going to get out of here in about a half an hour and uh, end early. So if there's anyone out there that needs to get on Ticketmaster to get their hands on Eagles tickets, we want to allow them to do so. Let's say you got a flash email while you're on the air here with us. You see a little thing blinking the computer for Hunter Brody from the Philadelphia Eagles. And they offered you four tickets, face value, any game this year to be played at Lincoln Financial Field. And you get to choose which one you want for face value either to use or turn around and make a profit maybe because it's going to be a hot ticket come game time when they match up with that team this year. Who are you taking this year? What, what What is the hottest ticket for the Philadelphia Eagles this year? It's a great
10: question. By the way, can you guys hear me fine or no? Yeah. Yeah, we, oh, got, we got you. you.
2: Just making sure before we started
10: to kick things off. Uh, see, the thing is, I want to say Jonathan Gannon so bad because oh, I'm gonna be electric, oh. but it's so deep into the season, I, I don't know where we're going to be at. I guess I'll go with the safe pick here and, and pick the Dallas Cowboys. And if I yeah. decide You're I want to. Always the I'm, safe I'm,
4: pick. Yeah.
10: yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's the easiest bet. It's the best way to go about it. But maybe. if Gannon was slotted in maybe week eight, week nine, where, you know, it's a little bit different than the back end of the schedule. Uh, it's 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 definitely a run
2: for the money for
10: sure now what
4: about san francisco there no, you're going go. that's, that's a, a
2: safe pick that's yeah. a the good birdie led yeah. 49ers are coming in in december aren't they? you're going to take the cowboy game over the 49er rematch from the nfc championship game
10: uh, listen, uh, you could sell me that the 49ers is the right pick for sure. But there's just something about the Cowboys. Come on. Yeah, beat, beat.
4: That's recency bias with the 49ers. I mean, the Cowboys we're are the Cowboys. Into.
2: It's a recent pick you have to make.
4: It's yeah. The 2000- yeah I, I, I just don't think the the angst, granted it's high now, but I don't think it'll continue uh for that long it's kind of late in the season when is san francisco in here december yeah I yeah think december so i think Eagles fans, it'll slow the heat for dallas will will continue because dallas is going to be a good team they're going to be in it Uh, it's going to be eagles dallas for the division it'll be a big game i think hunter's right i think it always defaults to, to you heard him jody
10: can we clip that can we clip down little, little party? Yeah, I don't hear that very
2: often. I, I, I caught some of your trial this week. You got screwed, buddy. Hang in, <laughs> hanging yeah. Judge was out for you. That was just flat out wrong. But I, I tried like, saying the same thing. They, they don't listen to me over there. Much like Tyrone, I'm going to have to tell you that you're wrong. San Francisco is the game that you want to be at this year. If you can only go to one Eagle game, you want to go to the 49er game, not the Cowboy game. I'm but surprised
4: that, that Arizona, that they might be the worst team at football. Who cares about that game? Uh, if if your if your anger towards Jonathan Gannon is that deep, and by the way, week seventeen when Arizona might have three wins, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think, yeah, but see, here,
2: here's the reason it's good: the Eagles can play not only their second team but their third team, John, and still win by four touchdowns. Yep. that's a good thing.
4: Yep. Yeah, that might be a game what they take for granted. It might be closer than expected because Arizona's so bad. They you think Gannon's
10: up. rocking down Broad Street in the G Wagon that week?
4: Yeah, we're gonna gut him. Mm, uh no. we're gonna he's not gonna say we're gonna gut him. But interesting since you bring up JG, we haven't talked JG in a while, so I'll go Big Bangio throwing fuel on the fire, uh, you know, refusing to rule out, he got asked. If things, if the Cardinals didn't tamper, could you be the defensive coordinator, Philadelphia? Now, this drives me insane, Hunter, because you know the timing doesn't match up. It doesn't make any damn sense. Um, He already accepted uh, the Miami job, but it before uh, after the NFC Championship game, so before the whole tampering issue. Um, By saying that, he's saying. Oh, I would have been Josh McDaniels. I would have been unprofessional. I would have backed out of my Miami deal. Um, Why is this goofball saying this down in South Florida?
10: It's a great question. I don't know. I think if I was in his shoes, I'd be going the exact opposite way. Yeah, and just, yeah I, I wouldn't even mention this whatsoever, and I would let it kind of die out, fizzle out, and then we just work on whatever we need to work on down where he's at. So I don't know. I don't know what the pros and cons are. Sometimes when I when I look at this and I see somebody start spewing nonsense or spewing things that make me raise my eyebrows, I lay out the pros and the cons, and and where does this go? Where If you weigh this out, what are the pros from this? I really can't even find out. Any whatsoever, so I have no idea what he's doing. Maybe it's just as simple as when you have a name like Vic Fangio, and when you're when you're highly regarded as much as he is, you just don't care. You you, can, you know what I mean? Like it's like, does it matter? I'm Vic Fangio. I can just yeah. tell you how it is, and it is what it is. While someone like Nick Sirianni or someone else who's new and fresh in the league have to think about what they say, even though <laughs> Sirianni doesn't do that anyway. So what the hell am I talking about? I'm just looking for answers.
2: and i think the answer is he hadn't signed off with miami yet they might have had a verbal agreement but until you go to paper it's not a done deal and that's why he could sign a contract to work with the eagles for two weeks no that part is true but
4: i'm saying you are signaling that's why i said that you are signaling oh i'm a i'm an asshole i'm gonna go back on my verbal agreement and say, oh, screw you, Maya. That's what you're saying.
10: Right. Yeah, you're admitting that. That where we're at now wasn't even that important to me. If I had a better opportunity, maybe I would have scurried out of here and went to a different town.
4: Which I think is a terrible look, and that's one of the reasons when I brought it up first with Jody, I said, look, I give Bic Bangio enough credit to say he's not going to be Josh McDaniels. He wasn't going to leave Miami at the altar. Evidently, I was wrong. They basically said, oh, I don't care. My my word means nothing.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, There's one big difference here in comparing those two things. They announced that McDaniels was the coach of the Colts. They had officially announced that he was the coach of the Colts. There had never been an announcement that Fangio was going to be the defense coordinator of the Dolphins. So they, they, there are similarities there, but they are not the exact same thing. There's one thing for the parties to know, we're in agreement. We're going to get this done. We haven't signed off on it yet. Fangio says, oh, by the way, I want to go coach the Eagles for two weeks and help them out with the Super Bowl. And in Miami I had to say, Okay, if you really want to do that, as long as you're coming back to it. That had never been announced. That had been speculated. chef the reporting, blah, blah, blah. The, the, the Dolphins didn't come up and say, Nick Fangio is our new defense coordinator. Oh, the Colts came out and said, you guess who our new coach is? Josh McDaniels. They announced it to the world. So if Fangio had done what he did, it would not be the same as what McDaniel it's said still a called.
4: terrible look though it, yeah Man, it is so it's, so it's funny so terrible it, look now maybe hunter's right and he's got such a reputation where it doesn't matter to him and he right you know but it's a bad look you don't do that you don't agree to terms and with the team and say oh you know what uh uh forget that jonathan gannon got another job i'm gonna stick with Philly. um you know, I, I, my, my whole premise was he wouldn't do that. Evidently he would. And that's great, but that's not a good look for, for a professional coach, especially one. And it might signify why it was a failure as a head coach, because it's a bigger job and you got to think about stuff like that. It might signify why, why he was a failure as a head coach, but just throwing it out there, Hunter.
10: Yeah, no. I mean, I think it's interesting that the difference for Jody is if let's say two parties have the same exact conversation, but one ends up being public and the other is still behind closed oh, doors. Absolutely. But Big Fangio speaking the same, they're having the same dialogue and they agree to the same terms, but one is public knowledge and one is not that that's the difference in the in the two stories. It, you know, I, I don't know. Is it should it be of viewed differently or
2: should it be viewed the same? No, it's it's two different things. One, you've been you've told your fan base. Cause that's why you you have public announcement is to get the fan base excited, keep them in loop, whatever. What one agree. Those are not too similar agreements. If you give your, you get the blessing for the party you're cutting deal with and we're going to announce this. Yeah, go ahead. Well then it's a done deal. Once it's been announced publicly, it's a done deal. If it's a, we're going to hold off on this. Well then it's not a done deal yet. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. Maybe I'm, too much of a media guy that yeah when the media gets about that's the way, like the rubber state. You know,
4: i'll just add one last thing to it yeah you know sean desai who's his guy by the way and they're very close he kind of screws him too because now everybody knows oh sean decides the consolation prize
10: yeah it's a good that's you know what that might be the story from our side here from our angle in, in this in this realm i you know i some, there's so much going on sometimes. Sixers, James Harden, this, that. You lose yeah. a little bit of the what Vic Fangio says down in Miami, <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. uh, now that now that's the angle. I might, you know, might snag that and put it in the back pocket.
2: Seal I free. love it. Since Seal we free, went there, friend. let me get a uh, Hunter Brody take on Sean Desai. Um, gets the job under, don't hear from him forever. Uh, John and I used to bring it up like once a week. And at some point, we'll hear from the New Eagle coordinators they never made them available. And then finally, they did. And I tip my hat to decide because I I don't know if he's going to be as good as Jonathan Gannon, better, very similar, exactly the same. But I'll tell you this, he's smarter in his uh, choosing of how to handle the media than Jonathan Gannon ever was. I know John liked him and he liked John. But Gannon could open mouth and insert foot with the best of them side came out and he was a wit, they're going to have to feel us and we represent Philadelphia. He checked every single box that you need to check to suck up to the fan base here in Philadelphia when he had his first chance to talk to the people. He going to be that much more well liked than Jonathan Gannon or if the Eagles come out and don't blitz the first three weeks of the season, will he be on the hatred list just like the former defensive coordinator was? It's hard to be worse than Jonathan
10: and so if that's where the bar is at the bottom, I think he'll be better than that. He was impressive, though. He was definitely impressive with the way that he spoke and the way that he looked at the media answered the questions. Every time I feel comfortable about saying that, though, I just think, well, Nick Sirianni completely sucked and butchered it completely, and he became a fantastic head coach, so how much value can I really put into this? you know, but look, I will say that he sounded like he's got a good head on his shoulders and a good approach here. And um, from what we're hearing, yes, it is a very similar style and stylistically, a lot of the teams in this league are running something similar, but it does sound like they're going to tweak some of the flaws in Jonathan Gannon's side of the scheme where it's going to be similar and it's going to have the the same vibe, but maybe have a, a bit more aggression to it. So Saying all the right things, I don't know. I'd be lying if I said I knew what it was going to be like. Saying the right things, though, that's a good start.
4: Um, I didn't know. We'll continue down the Sean Desai Avenue. Uh, didn't mean to go here, but what the heck. Yeah, whatever. Um, Matt Patricia is also here because I bring up, I, I, you know, I put up my own antenna with the consolation prize. Um, and then you have the safety net on top of the consolation prize. All of a sudden, you create a new role for a longtime defensive coordinator, senior defensive assistant. You know, one of the weirdest things about this Hunter is his relationship, his past relationship with Darius Slay. Now, Darius Slay, they kept away all spring. They kept him away from us. Typically, Slay's the first one up there. Um, You know, Wednesday during game week, Slay's the first guy to talk to us. Uh, when they did the podium stuff during COVID, all that kind of crap. They kept him away from us. All of a sudden, he's back out in Detroit doing Calvin Johnson's uh, uh, Celebrity Golf Tournament. Uh, Somebody out there gets a hold of him, asks him about Matt Patricia because they know, even better than the people here, those two hated each other. And Slay handled it like the professional he is. He said it's another day at the office. We both got the same goal, just going out there to compete, win a championship. So that's the main focus. Bang. Over. Done. Why the Eagles hiding Darius Slay? Why is Matt Patricia why what why? Connor, explain it to me.
10: I don't know. I, I think it was strange to begin with. Look, if Matt Patricia was some wizard and it's like this guy's got all the answers and he's fantastic and he knows it all, then I would understand maybe if there was some beef and there was some, you know, heads banging or whatever. It's like, okay, but he's got such a sharp mind and there's so much we can pull from him. And trust me, he's got the X's and O's all down. But what the hell has Matt Patricia ever done to say, oh, this is a no-brainer lock. Let's create a role and put him on the website, take it down before anybody sees it and starts (laughs) all this drama. So I don't know. Look, I, I know that Howie works in mysterious ways. I'm a big Howie guy. I would think, though, that they had a conversation prior to hiring him and bringing him in. Now maybe that's me being naive and and I'm a fool here and getting fooled by Howie Roseman, but uh, I don't know. Like I would think that there would be some dialogue knowing Darius Slay is one of your top dogs, but at the same time, was Darius Slay hundred percent coming back last season? Where were they at? You know, at some point, was he going to be traded? And at that point they didn't care about what Darius Slay thought about it. It's an interesting relationship but for me, it's like, once again, it goes back to the pros and cons. Does Matt Patricia, do the pros outweigh the cons for him coming in here? Can you find someone else? Do you need him in here, really? I don't know. I don't think it's uh, the greatest move in the world. But at the same time, is is Matt Patricia going to be the thing that blows this all up? And if that's the case, then you're not uh, thick enough to begin with at the end of the day, right? All
2: right, Hunter, I got a uh, crystal ball one for you. We're jettisoning ahead week one. Yep in new england coin toss eagles win and defer shockingly um (laughs) jake elliott kicks it out of the back of the end zone and here come the patriots first and 10 from the 25 what two eagle linebackers will be on the field wow
10: two linebackers um well nicobe dean is going to be number one
2: the first one's easy yes
10: yeah and then, I, man, I'd be lying if I said I had a pulse on this thing. I really don't know what direction they're going to go in at, at this time. And I can say that for safety as well because I know that they were excited about Sidney Brown, but is it going to be Blankenship? And, and, you know, is, is it going to be Edmonds who they brought in from Pittsburgh playing under Mike Thomas? I, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, it's at the point where I haven't even really thought about it because I'm so excited about N'Kobe Dean and we'll see who gets slotted in there Good after answer. that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just kind of in that mode right now. But yeah, I I, I really don't know what direction they're gonna go in. I guess that's what fascinates me is I don't know much about Sean Desai. I know last year we were aggravated. I thought Kaiser White held his own for a while and Nicobe was soaking in the sponge on the side between him and TJ Edwards. He seems to be hungry and foaming out the mouth to get some playing time, and that's really where my mind has been at the linebacker position. So I'm excited to watch him grow. Uh, I'm just I, I don't know. I don't know where they go, but I'm excited to to see it. What are your thoughts on it? I'm sorry if that's a horrendous answer. I no, 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 it's no, a
3: good no, answer. It's fine. Yeah. Okay.
10: Um
4: I'm a lot of I'm pressure like, when I
10: come on with you too. You know what I mean?
4: I'm like I'm like you, Hunter. I'm a Howie guy. <laughs> um, I think Jody's more of a howie guy than a howie h- hater oh, as sure. well. Uh certainly. Yeah. Um But I look at that second linebacker spot, and it's Nick Morrow versus Christian Ellis. It seems like
10: Ellis is getting the most buzz out of what happened
4: recently. Yeah, we saw him for 100 minutes in the spring (laughs) with nothing. And he played well. That's all you can gauge on. But he did play well. But we're still talking about Nicholas Morrow versus Christian Ellis. I mean, to me, that's a problem. Yeah. On, on, On the scale of Eric Wilson to Kaiser White, To me, that's far closer to Eric Wilson than Kaiser White. And Kaiser White's just competence. That's what we're talking about. So the scale from disaster to competence, I think they're closer to disaster. And I think people are just saying, eh, eh, not that big of a deal. It's a devalued position, but come on. I mean, TJ Edwards and Kaiser White played 21 Hundred defensive snaps last year. They got to replace every single one of them. I'm I'm with you guys with Nkobe. Tremendous upside, tremendous ceiling, but it's all upside. It's all projection. Twenty one hundred snaps. Uh, everybody's for the most part going. Eh. And we've seen terrible linebacker play for years. Nate Gary can go in a, a yeah. It can go in a negative direction. Why is everybody... eh. Well,
10: maybe it's Howie guys. We just have trust with him having his fingertips all over the. If it gets
2: yeah, to the point, Howie brought in Eric Wilson. Yeah, like I know, John I know. Said. And maybe they can't just get the Howie will get it figured out thing because when it comes to linebackers, Howie's made some mistakes.
10: You're right. Maybe they get. To... I don't know what they do. And look, what if if Ellis can play, then we're just wasting our breath right now. What well, no one thought man. T.J. Edwards could play. He was no, an undrafted no. guy from no, Wisconsin. John,
2: John and I both like T.J. Edwards. Yeah. You're, but you're okay, to the wrong guys here. Listen, I said last year they should get T.J. signed to an extension. John was singing his praises from the first practice last season that this guy's going to be a very good linebacker for the Eagles. Well, No, we, we were both on the Edwards bandwagon early. Okay, timeout.
10: Listen, uh, there was intrigue, Wisconsin. Like, there was something there. But did you think he'd run out as many snaps as John just mentioned when you when you first picked him up drafted?
4: No, not back then. Mm-hmm. Right, ninth well, right. on. He was ninth on the depth chart when he hey, got
3: here.
10: Yeah, you know, <laughs> maybe we got a little something, something from Ellis. I don't know. Listen. All I'm saying, maybe they get some versatility putting a safety in the box, doing this, doing that. I don't know. Look, Sean Desai has to push some buttons here if that ends up being the case. Or we watched Nate Gary get destroyed by tight ends nonstop. And you remember looking at the tight ends. It was like 10 catches, 190 yards, (laughs) 8 catches, 170 yards. It was nonstop. Maybe we don't have an answer and then we're watching crap, but I don't think Howie's going to let that happen this year. But, yeah, it could.
2: And then we're in trouble. All right, uh, another question that I may stump you with, and I don't mean to do this, Hunter, oh. I think you're a smart guy, so I ask oh. you hard questions. Thank you. Devontae Smith, already a top 10 wide receiver in the league?
10: Ooh. He has some traits. His his toe-tapping ability by the sidelines, he does it just like the best do. Top 10? Yeah, I think you can make the argument for sure. I mean, look, there's definitely a, a, another tier, but I think he can blossom and get into that tier by the end of it. So, yeah, I think he absolutely does. And all for all the fear of he's too skinny, I've seen him take some shots and get up and, and be just fine. And I think over the seasons, he's going to bulk up and he's going to continue to get his body where it needs to be. So, yeah, for sure. I, I think you got to, I mean, between him and A.J. Brown, it's, the question really becomes what's number three? And I know Nick Sirianni's trying to pump the tires on Quez Watkins or, you know, give him a little boost of energy. But, um, yeah, I mean, yes, to answer your question, yes, I think he is – in that top ten.
4: All right, Hunter, I'm gonna upset Eagles fans because why oh. not? Uh I'm gonna criticize Jalen Hurts. And here's my criticism.
10: Can't slide uh, in softball games.
4: He <laughs> can't slide in softball games. Also, he's made things really, really difficult for Jody and I because we have to do this show during the NFL lull. Yeah. Um, uh, where you know they don't do anything between June uh eighth and uh, training camp which is july 25th last year all we talked about was jalen hurts jalen Harris gonna do jalen this Is jalen Hur- we don't even talk about him. we don't even mention him we we don't even bring him up because have you ever seen anything like it from somebody who was advanced from uh, a, a, a solid prospect to a superstar in a calendar year that everybody's like Oh, this guy. Yeah, he's locked in. He's basically, you know, Joker uh, winning NBA. He's locked in. Uh, Don't worry about him. We'll talk about everything else. Have you ever seen that leap in a calendar year?
10: It's, it's hard to pick one out, you know, because I'm going back to, okay, previously Carson Wentz's first year went seven and nine with Doug Peterson, but you still saw the traits of a big, tall, strong quarterback and someone who can air the ball out. We didn't have the same questions that we did on Jalen Hurts. I, I mean, I didn't know if he had the arm strength. I didn't know if he could read the field properly. Todd Bowles literally dared him to use the left side of the field in a playoff game, and it was extremely one-sided knowing that he had plenty of room to grow. But who would have thought that he'd be in the MVP conversation right behind Patrick Mahomes the following season after Todd Bowles is laughing, asking him to use the left side of the field. So, no, I really can't remember a shift this big. And you're right. I think at this point we just kind of automatically write him in because of the way he approaches the game, the way he's obsessed with his craft. You know, it's just like nonstop football 24-7 for the guy. And I can't remember a time that someone made this level of, of jump with the fan base like do you, I
4: haven't come across anyone with
10: questions at all not oh, one
4: man. it's unbelievable it, it it it's he is just
10: it's a credit to him though right i yeah. mean oh, And yeah. every time we bring this up it's funny uh, cause sometimes, like I said, we get lost in like Sixers, Phillies, but once in a blue moon, like we brought on Dave Zangaro just to give us a little refresh or Tim McManus just to give us a little buzz of the Eagles. And then we get sidetracked in the Eagles stuff. And, you know, someone brought up pretty recently, a couple of days ago, cause we were giving Jalen hurts a ton of praise. And we were talking about what he's doing off the field. He's on uh magazine covers. Like this guy's bigger than just football. He's got, uh, the, the possibility of, of being more of like a face of, of, of football to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Someone brought up the fumble and it was like, How come you never bring up the big turnover in the Super Bowl and no one's ever knocking him for giving the other team seven points? And I thought, Well, he did respond right after that with a pretty impressive drive. And all along, you you look at a, a game with the lights are shining bright, he was magnificent. But I'm like, "Oh, huh, he did have the big turnover and no one ever seems to bring that up at mm-hmm. all." Now I don't either. To be fair, he, he did so yeah. much well. He did 15 things great, one thing wrong, and that one thing wrong did cost you. But, you know, it we just forget Well, he is
4: a human being. I'm he, not is, to he, say he doesn't uh, have He any is. Flaws. Yeah, he is a human being. So, uh all NFL players are going to make mistakes. He happened sure. to make a big mistake. We were talking, Jody and I were talking about ball security. Jody brought up the turnover, and I said, Yeah, but what I'm talking about is compared to everybody else, he takes care of the football. Yes. Is there going to be an outlier? Yeah. And unfortunately, that outlier happened on a pretty big, stinking stage, but. He was the best player on the stick and field that day.
10: Yes, he was. And that was my response. It's like, come on, yeah. we're going to not. The kid in the first Super Bowl ever. First off, look at the year he had. Really? You know, like right. we're going to start. The, but he's like, oh, the biggest game if it was McNabb. And I'm like, oh, yeah, all right. We're not oh. doing this. We're not Dude,
3: doing <laughs> this. Two things. Thing, Two things.
2: Number one, after the fumble, he <laughs> puts up the next 10 points. Yes. And he goes, are up by 10 points and a half. So that certainly it doesn't erase it, but it lessens it. When you yeah. give up the big play line, and you immediately respond mm-hmm. and you back up by 10 points going into it half, it's nearly as painful. The yeah. other thing that bothers me is Nick Bolton made a pretty good play scooping that ball up and getting it into the end zone. That's why I ask you about linebackers, on her because the Eagles don't see the sweat linebackers. They come, they go, One your contracts, guys here, why? We can do this again. Yeah, I'd take Nick Bolton.
3: If well, here's another coach,
2: thing to the Give me Nick Bolton. I'd take him if I were Howie Roseman. Listen, another thing with the whole linebacker debacle, if it
10: happens to be one, we don't know yet. Nolan Smith, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Fletcher. Kyle. Listen, if you're just eating and you're going to town, I don't think we're going to be sniffing 70 sacks, but if you're eating in those trenches and getting to the quarterback, the deficiencies in, in that linebacker position, maybe it's not as ugly because you're doing damage. How about that? How about that for a little optimism? Huh,
5: I like it.
2: Yes. yes.
5: Yeah.
10: You guys aren't buying it at Nick, all. Look Nick, at you. Yeah, Nicholas
2: no. Morrow is still Nicholas Morrow. Sorry about that. You, no this is how, the problem. No matter this how good is, the guys in front of them are.
10: You two well, speak Birds 365 nonstop. So that doesn't tickle your fancy. You're like, oh, I, I heard this yeah.
4: before. At <laughs> prodes 81, make sure you follow Hunter on Twitter. Does a tremendous job. Uh, co-host of the best show ever. On 975 The Fanatic. Um, it is the best show ever. Oh, and I I been comfortably nestled in number two, even number, I'll take number two A, whatever. <laughs> um, I, I I'll leave it here because you're mentioning some of the things, Mauro. When Nick Siri, I want to get Hunter Brody's thoughts. When Nick Sirianni jumps on his sword for Quez Watkins or tells you Carrie Vincent Jr. is going to be a player, or tells you brings up Trey Sermon unprompted oh, when he yeah. brings up lower level guys on the roster. What, what, what's your first thought? He's just bullshitting you or is he really believing? me? He's just protecting his guys. Why do you think Nick does that?
10: It's a case by case study. See, I, or case by case situation, I guess I should say. You know, sometimes I think maybe it's possible that they're pumping tires for trade value. Sometimes I think it's mm-hmm. Nick Sirianni just being Nick Sirianni, and he's always going to go down with his guys, and he's always going to praise them, even if someone has an awful day. He'll find a way to to spin it where it's like, hey, we know we need to get better in this area, but there was a third down that he was special on, or there was a big block down the field as a wide receiver that AJ Brown doesn't score if. He- Who knows? Quez Watkins wasn't blocking on the other side. He'll make, you know, he'll just kind of stretch it and try and sell that positivity because that's part of the relationship and the bond that he always stresses with how he wants to communicate with his team. But I think it is case by case, depending on who it is and and where they are in the depth chart and what they think they could do. Maybe it's for some trade value and some spark with some buzz just because that's what you do. And other times it's because it's the Nick Sirianni way and, you know, you always go down with your guys.
2: Here's where I hope it is, uh, and I, 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 if you ask me, it, that's what I would say. I don't know, and Nick Sirianni's the only one who can answer the question, that some guys need a pat on the back and some guys need a kick in the ass. And when they need a pat on the back, he's ready, willing, and able to do it in front of all the media members and get the word out to Eagle Nation. When they need a kick in the ass, he waits till behind closed doors. He's not going to do that. He's not going to address anybody. Some coaches will. Mike Malone, I took calls on my national show. Oh, the, the Nuggets are going down. Did you hear Mike Malone second-guess his players after they got beat by Miami in that one game? Oh, yeah, that really tore Denver down. All he yeah. did was rip off three games in a row. So you can. You can you can strategically give your players a hard time through the media. That's not Sirianni. He's going to keep that all act behind closed doors. He'll sing praises uh, out loud so everybody can hear them. But when he gets critical... I think he does it, uh, team only stuff. Uh, Tarta, we appreciate your jumping in and being part of our team today. Give your crew over there at uh, the best show ever our uh, regards, and we'll get you back up again before camp gets underway. Sounds great. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, bud. Hunter Brody <laughs> from the best show ever here with us on Birds 365. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to put on a bow, a bow on the show, and we're going to get out early, fans. Just in case you need to get over to Ticketmaster to grab those individual game tickets for the Philadelphia Eagles we'll come back for a bow on the show next
7: G-L-E-S Eagles
2: We're going to wrap this bad boy up pretty quickly on a Tuesday on summer vacation during the Eagles offseason here on Birds 365. Johnny Mac, you're welcome. May not be able to say that tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I didn't bring up the Eagles in their Kelly Green jerseys once. Ah. No, no, it's not your favorite topic to talk about. For the most part, I agree with you. The Kelly Green is just kind of different for me. Maybe it's an Irish thing or whatever. Yes, I, I specifically like the Eagles and Kelly Green. I don't get caught up in uniforms, the City Series uniforms, of baseball and baseball vest. Uh, no. I, uh, what, what was the final score? How'd they play? How'd the game turn? I don't really care much about the uniforms, but I do uh, truly appreciate the Kelly Green and uh, it leaked out yesterday. Not, not officially released by the Eagles, which they want to be the ones to dictate all those terms on how it's going to get out. Where we, some company leaked out a photo of it and it looks more like the uh, '90s, uh, 80s into the 90s Kelly Green than the one they wore the one time with Michael Vick. So uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, we got through the show without having to go there. I may have to go there tomorrow, but uh, if, yeah. if we do, well, yeah. jo- Johnny Mac will be... Rolling his eyes at me when I do it tomorrow. So
4: I'll probably remember when they finally wear them, I'll probably remember what they were wearing for a day uh, instead of 10 minutes. So maybe uh, it does have an impact. <laughs> I do love the Kelly Green. All
2: right, tomorrow we got Mike Gill and uh, uh, we're going to have a gentleman who met Manicharian turned aside to uh, from SIS who's going to join us, Alex uh, Victorman. Um, from Sports Information Solutions, uh, we, you know, Matt, Matt's one of our draft guys, uh, the combination of both stats and scouts and how they meshed the two, uh, some interesting Which stuff is a big
4: think. thing. You know, Bob, did you see Bob Casas? Bob had a great uh, interview. You're a big baseball guy. So we start, you know, Bob's not a big uh, analytics guy as far as the energy. I think that's what people miss. Like Bob wasn't criticizing. We got to get out of here, but Bob wasn't criticizing teams. I say the same thing. It's the Eagles job to win games, do it any way possible. It's a league's job to make the game entertaining for fans as a whole, different jobs, different jobs. Sometimes you got to shut down some ugliness of analytics. I think that's where, um, Some people don't understand the criticism. Uh,
2: There is a mesh point. The question is, how do you find it? And uh, I love the fact that some people get so moved to get to the opposite ends of the debate. uh, Foolishness. Try and get to the middle. And we'll do that tomorrow with Alex uh, Victorman from uh, Sports Information Solution. All right, brother. uh, I'll be back here tomorrow. John's going to get online and try and get some Eagle (laughs) tickets next. Uh, Good luck to any of those of you who are jumping over to Ticketmaster. Uh, We'll be back and uh, talking Eagles football both on and off the field tomorrow right here on Birds 365 in 2 and 2.
1: You've been listening to Birds 365.